Welcome to episode seven of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet, but mostly woke perspective. So um, quickly, you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast, and iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher. So I am Sean. I am Nye, and I am finally have crawling out of my cocoon of mourning. <laughs> so I'm out now, and I'm ready to talk about some shit tonight. About nods. Okay, so what are we calling this episode? I said I have a title. I said let's call it um Lift Yourself Up by Your Poopity Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Poopity Scoop. Oh boy. I, you hear that banger? I, I I cannot. I cannot with Kanye. I just can't. I just mm-hmm. can't. Never, just never can't. not me. So what do you want to call it? What's so, your so mine is when your fantasy is really a fuck boy, <laughs> your fantasy turns out to be a fuck boy. Because I, I have been, so I guess, I don't know. Okay, are we gonna okay talk, yes, okay, yes. So okay, so, and I like your title. I, I get it, I like it, and we gotta get it. Okay, so okay. let's just, this has been a really explosive week, has it not? I mean, between Khalees and Nas, AKA Ike Turner, there's Bill Cosby got convicted, there's Avengers Infinity War that I went to see, the NFL draft was going on, J. Cole's album. Um, Korea made up with itself. It's just so much shit that has gone on. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this show is dedicated. We can't cover everything, but we 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 have something. Um, we have so, a few things that we want to touch on. So first, we'll get into the ratchet minute. Um, we need to touch on Kanye. As a matter of fact, all of us need to touch on him. We all need to lay hands on him. <laughs> so Kanye, of course, as everybody knows, has been doing these what I call anti-black Twitter rants, you know, mm-hmm. in support of number 45, talking about they got twin dragon energy and all this shit. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> then uh, he released the song, I don't know if you heard it, the Poopity Scoop song, that's what I call it. Huh. Um, which is basically, I think W.E.B. Du Bois would be very proud talking about, you know, lifting yourself up by your bootstraps, whatever he's talking about. So mm-hmm. um, I just want to comment on that. What, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I have I have conflicting thoughts with Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never really been a super big Kanye fan. Um, I like his music, him as a person, um, from what I can can gather from what I see on his interviews and just I just don't think I would like him as a person in real life. So that kind of mm-hmm. like prohibits me from like really liking his his music. But you know, over the past I would say maybe a few months, I really kind of put an effort into <laughs> listening to his music. And he's really talented. He's very, very talented. So mm-hmm. so now, you know, he put out this music and he's had a, this whole rant going on. And part of me is just like, you know, is this publicity stunt? He, this is the part right. of Kanye that I don't like at all. Like, this is the part that this part of Kanye that I just, in real life, he would just get under my skin and irritate the shit out of me. However, I understand Kanye on another level. Um, I don't know if you know that uh, maybe like, uh, I guess it was last night or maybe this morning, he tweeted that um, the pit, the cover of his album was going to be The Doctor. The uh, Doctor. From the, Jan Adams, who used to have all these commercials on TV, I remember. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when he did that, that pulled at my heart because I know that Kanye is really grieving. Yes. And I don't believe that he's gotten the therapy that he needs. He's gotten the help that he needs. I also believe there's some sort of like chemical imbalance and some sort of, you know, Mm-hmm. mental issues going on, instability going on there. But I think, so on, on that level, the grief part of it, and I just don't know if he, he knows how to channel it and process it. 
you know, um, so that part of it, I, I, I wholeheartedly feel for Kanye. Um, he's, mm -hmm. he's at the anger part of his, his grief and I can understand exactly. that. So just to give you a quick story, um, I lived in, I'm from Virginia and I moved back to Virginia. I don't know, has, has it been like, maybe like 10 years ago, I moved back to Virginia for a couple of years and my sister's father, great man, mm -hmm. he was, absolutely in love with my mother. And every time we, I visit him or see him, he always just talks about my mother all the time. My mother died when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So he put together this, um, this cookout and for me and my sister, and he invited um, my mother's best friends to the cookout. And we had a great mm -hmm. time. But once the cookout, cookout was over, and I actually was doing the daytime, I think it was on a Saturday. I was working on a Saturday. I, I took off like an extended lunch and I planned on going back to work. I, for the rest of the day, I bawled like a baby. I cried so hard, so, so hard. I couldn't even go back to work. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, why am I so sad? You know, my mother's been dead for almost, you know, at that point, almost 30 years, you know, the, the grief never leaves. Mm -hmm. But why I was so angry, well, I wasn't, I wasn't even sad. It wasn't even tears of sadness, it was anger. I was mm -hmm. so mad that my mother's friends were dead. Like that hurt me so that they, bad. That your mother's friends were what? They were still alive and she was dead. Mm. That hurt me so bad. Cause and wow. one of her friends didn't even have any kids. So I'm like, why would the universe take my mother who had two little girls? And wow. not, not that I wanted any of them to die, but why did it have to be her? You know? Yeah. So I understand, I, I understand his grief and he's, he's, not processing it in a, in a helpful way. He needs help with that, but I understand him and I feel a little bit more connected to him, you know, thinking about it in that way. Wow. That's, that's deep. I, I, I didn't look at it from that perspective. I just, I kind of feel like he's stuck in that, you know, rebellious adolescent phase. I think we all go through it at some point, like you were talking about the anger part of his grief. Mm -hmm. You know, where I feel like he's in this sort of rebellion against himself, like I can't be boxed in, you know, I'm I'm a free thinker, all this stuff. And and you know, part of me is like that is supposed to happen, you know, when you're formulating the time before you become an adult, you know, when you're young. Um, but it just seems like he's still struggling with that identity, you know, this thing of reinventing himself and remarketing himself and you know, putting himself out there over and over again in different forms to me represents an unstable identity. It's like a moving target. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, to me, those are the things you kind of get out when you're in high school and, you know, you're young and, you know, he talks about, he's the college dropout. I'm like, it's, it's something. And, and I think the devastation was when, you know, before his mother's passing, but it's just, to me, it's like, there's something that didn't get a chance to grow. There's, um, there is a, you know, there's a part of that piece that you come into adulthood with, I just mm -hmm. feel like he doesn't have it, you know, and that that's why the, you know, the president, the former president, you know, Obama was calling him a jackass, like the certain things that he does, the antics, whether it's for attention mm -hmm. or it's, you know, it truly speaks to um, a mental instability or, you know, it's it's some narcissistic. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's all these things. It's like he didn't get a chance to grow past that. So he's like stuck in that rebellion type, you know, figuring out my identity stage that I think all of us, we go through at some, sh you know, some form, shape or form, and then we move on. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense, which is interesting with him because, you know, he, 
you know, he's he's in a position where he can create whoever he wants to be. He has the money, right. he has the freedom. So what is he fighting? Himself. And that's you know, what it looks like. It, it, he's, it, it is, it's himself. So um, what do you think about Kim and all this? You know, she, she had a couple of tweets. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, they're not my favorite people I at know. all. They, they're really not. However, as, um, as his wife and as the mother of his three kids, and they've been married, what, like four or five years now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what her future plans are. I don't know what her immediate plans are, but, I commend her for staying with him for this fucking long. <laughs> it's like, for what? Have to what are you doing that for? Kim, you got right. your own money. I don't understand. <laughs> she got, you got your own money. You don't need him at all. Why are you with him? And, and, and I know kids are a beautiful thing. You know, kids are a blessing, but girl, you have rolled the dice with these three kids. These little kids can come out to be some crazy asses if they get his genes. And to me, that's the scariest thing of it all. You know what I mean? Because that that um, mental illness and that mental instability—that shit is genetic. Because I've 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 dealt with mental illness with people that are very very close to me, and the shit is scary. It's very it's scary for the person that is having an episode, and it's scary for his support system, people that are around him. It's scary, you know. And I, you know, I wouldn't willingly want to <laughs> procreate with somebody <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> Carefully. I was looking at something. It was, I guess, Ebro in the morning or something. He was commenting to Kanye or he commented something, but he said, basically, now we understand why Jay-Z, Beyonce and, you know, Kanye and Kim don't have play dates with their kids. I was laughing. Um, that would be just that would be so much to put up with. I would be so overly stimulated because Kanye would be bouncing off the fucking walls. Kim Kardashian would be talking about some dumb shit I probably don't even want to listen to. Mm -hmm. it, it, it would probably be so much going on. I would probably have a headache being yeah. around them both of them at the same time. Why they uh, they avoid it. So, I mean, you know, on, on the real, though, I, I wish him well. It's like this man is coming apart in front of all of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's like it's at a precipice. You don't know if it's going to get better. It's going to get worse. Is this really just for record sales? Is he truly coming undone? I, I, I don't know. And then, you know, listening to the song, I'm, you know, people are trying to. Did you hear it? Did you hear the poopity scoop? I heard the first part, the skippity boppity do, and I just turned it off. Like I don't have time for this. I got, I have shit to do. Boopity do. <laughs> what is this? Man, I think. But the thing is with Kanye is that he ha he's he's been around for so long and he has such a following and people love him. He has some diehard fans. He doesn't have to do these publicity stunts. So why? And this is this is the mind-boggling thing with him, the the enigma that is him. I mean, I told you before when I went to see a concert and I saw two sides to Kanye. I saw the the concert that was you know, it was at his his most genius and then the other one where he was mad at the whole world and mm -hmm. was overweight and did the show with a with a mask on his on his face with a mm -hmm. black bejewel mask and was cursing everybody else so it's it is you don't know what you're gonna get so <sighs> look Kim you better run with them little kids somewhere anyway <laughs> run <laughs> for the Calabasas Hills <laughs> you know all right um okay so moving on um oh I just wanted to add um so I don't know if you heard the um the names they have for Kanye, but I've heard some some good ones. I heard the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Mm -hmm. I've heard Kanye West. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Kanye Kardashian Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Twitter don't know when to stop. So, okay. Um, moving on. Have you heard J. Cole's new album? Girl, that thing has been on repeat since yes. I, I, you know, I, I like um, J. Cole. I, I wouldn't never necessarily say he was my favorite. However, right. this CD, I have been playing this thing since it came out. I love it. I absolutely so, love KOD. it. KOD. So what do you think KOD stands for? Kanye on drugs? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but probably not because uh, J. Cole is on his own shit. He don't even do features. So I doubt if it means that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm so I've never been a, a huge J. Cole fan. You know, you kind of he's kind of like on the outskirts for me. But like, as you said, like this album, K.O.D. has been on repeat because it's an album that you can you can cook to. You can clean to. You could drive in the car and you could bob your head. You can chill out to. I really, really like it. And, you know, you have rappers and then you have artists. And he yeah. is truly an artist because you know, he's really exposing himself on this album. You know, I mean, he has no guests on the album, which to me was like, wow. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of his music is about, you know, it's it's about don't do drugs, like anti-drugs. He talks about his mother's addiction, you know, mm -hmm. her dependency on, on drugs. Um, you know, he talks about money, you know, the addiction to the internet, all these addictions that we have um, to sex on Kevin's heart, which I thought was just, was like genius. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm, re I'm really feeling it. It's it's on repeat for me too. And it's funny because I'm I've never been a J Cole fan. It's probably the first album of his that I've ever I've ever listened to. Mm -hmm. But I like it. I like, I like it. it too. I like mm -hmm. it too. Okay. Working out um, to it earlier today. Yeah, then I had it on earlier today too. So I do like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Meek Mills is free. Free Meek. How you feel? You, <laughs> you know what? I, I to be honest, I I wasn't really on the whole Free Meek thing because I, I wouldn't I hadn't really followed his story and why he I knew he would like had something with his probation or whatever he popped yeah. it really and you know those those laws are unfair but the um the picture he had with he and his son I, I just have a thing yeah. for, little, for little black babies mm -hmm. that just I just love that picture so and much free my daddy right <laughs> my daddy free <laughs> it was it was it was heartwarming I I mean I'm like we could talk all day why and how um you know the injustice that it was and why he was made a, a, a scapegoat and um an example which just that's mm -hmm. what it was but um i'm glad he's home so all right moving forward i think we are now at it's this is the woke minute although it and it's something that is i think uh, a, a topic that's been very important to both you and i and we've been discussing this and now we've decided <laughs> to bring it to the masses so um, early last week, Khalees um, shared her story with Hollywood Unlocked of the mental and physical abuse that she suffered at the hands of Nas. Mm -hmm. Nas, we, um, which was your your husband, and is now I think you're seeking a divorce. <laughs> man, let me tell you, I've had a a one sided love affair with this man since I was 17. 16, I, can 17. I can I can vouch for many years of that. I remember. Man, I I. I have such a mm -hmm. love for this man. I just can't even, somebody I have never even met before. I, I loved him for the person that I thought he was. From mm -hmm. the time his album, his first album came out, I have just followed his career. I go to, every time he performs, I try to go to his concerts, any kind of documentary, interview, I'm I'm watching it. I feel like I, I know I him. Know. When he and Khalees got married, this sounds kind of crazy, <laughs> but I was so, I almost cried. I was so heartbroken. I felt like, we spent the night together and then and he then just he got up and got married. <laughs> I was so 
heartbroken. I can't even tell you. I was I hated Khalees for so long. Like I really hated her for so long. So um wow. so this this revelation that sh that she, you know, of him, of his the side of him that no one that we don't know has just been truly heartbreaking. Um because the person I thought he was, he is just not that person. Yes. That's, at yep. all. No. And you know, I I we, you and I talked about this. Um you know, everything that she said resonated with me. I must have watched that uh, interview about four times just because I related to pretty much every word that she said. You know, I too was married to a fraud. <laughs> that, you know, someone who, you know, talked black empowerment shit, but, you know, was doing stuff that was detrimental into his community and to his family. Um, mm -hmm. She talked about how dark it was. She quoted what it was dark. It was very dark. I, you know, I, I felt that she mm -hmm. talked about Nas being an inconsistent father, how he foreclosed on the on the home after she had just had a baby. I'm like, that's my story. You know, mm -hmm. the drinking, which the blackouts that he had, you know, the same, the mental and the physical abuse you know and when she said you know i didn't say anything because i wanted things to work she said a quote unquote i was delusional and i thought i would love past this mm -hmm. that just it hit me in so many ways because that to me sums up why most women stay in these types of relationships me being mm -hmm. one of them you know i can i can speak from experience you you don't know the crazy until you're able to pull yourself out of the hell and get a little piece of heaven, mm -hmm. you know, get to a place where you can kind of look down and see. You have no idea what kind of shit you're in. And and I tell people this all the time that, you know, you get comfortable in your dysfunction. As dysfunctional Child. as it is. That's a you, word. That's a word. You know what I'm saying? You, mm -hmm. you, you, put on, you put on your slippers and you get up there with your TV on and you relax, maxing and relaxing in your dysfunction. And that, mm -hmm. it, it happens so much. So I just, you know, she talked about it being a love-hate relationship, like how much he hates her, but there's a love there because really he does not hold, know how to love. So, and that, that's the way that he can, he can process it. I just, and she said, she talked about how she walked away, um, it took her a while, you know, and she said she saw Rihanna on TV. Remember when Rihanna was all busted up from Chris Brown after Chris Brown busting in her face mm -hmm. and how, you know, what she said is that, I, and I'm quoting this, she said, I remember so clearly when the pictures came out with that whole thing that happened with her and Chris Brown. And the only way I can describe it, it was like double dutch. Do I jump in? Do I say it? Because I had bruises all over my body at that time. I remember being in Atlanta, sitting in the kitchen, and I was like, quote, do I? And I wasn't ready to walk. I just wasn't. And so I didn't say it. So mm -hmm. she held on to her memories and, and what happened for years. You know, it took mm -hmm. her almost 10 years to come forward. Um, and, you know, it takes it takes years for a lot of women to overcome those feelings and, you know, gain the confidence to come forward. You know, a lot of times the physical evidence is gone. And I was mm -hmm. I tell you, I was so surprised. I, and I don't know if surprise is the word, just what you get on Twitter and you look on social media and the men, the majority of the men who needed um, further proof, you know, her word was not enough. I think that's probably the most disgusting part of all of this. And I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. The first <laughs> conversation me and Sean had about this, I said the most stupidest shit ever. 
<laughs> so I, I said what I I said exactly what most men were saying. Well, why is she waiting this late to, to say anything? She just want his money. And Sean Sean was just talking and, and saying her piece. And I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. And then we hang up the phone. And I'm like, I, why did I say that? You know, it's just I had to sit down and really process why I, I was thinking this way. And, you know, there is no expiration date on your story. You can tell it five minutes after whatever happened or you can tell it 50 years later. That is your right. story to tell whenever you want to tell it. You know, and I think the thing that really that really pissed me off with a lot of these men is that the excuses they, they would have for not believing her. Well, she's wild and crazy and I never liked mm -hmm. her. And, you know, she she always mouthing off, you know, at him. So, you know, maybe he hit her a couple of times, but she bossy, probably deserved it. She, yeah, she's bossy. <laughs> she's this, she's that. And, you know, a lot of men like their women in a, in a, a box. They like for them to talk a certain way, to dress yep. a certain way, to think a certain way. And if you don't fit into that mold, then you don't deserve respect. You don't deserve consideration. You don't yep. deserve protection. And that is the, probably the most disgusting part of this of all, because I'm I'm online, I'm on my face, mm -hmm. my personal Facebook, and I'm having these conversations with these men, and that I've known these men I've known since middle school. I've known them for thirty plus years, you know, mm -hmm. and and they have daughters, and I'm like, like, would you tell this what you're saying right now? Would you tell your daughters this if they were in the same predicament situation? Would you yeah. tell them that? Would you say after you know she gets her ass beat? And she comes to you and would you tell her, oh, well, I got to talk to him to see what actually really happened. Right. Well, what were you wearing? What did you say to him? Is that what you're going to tell your daughter? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think men just have to you have to hold other men accountable for what they do, for the bullshit they do. You know, you it, mm -hmm. it really has to be done. We women need protect. You know, we don't need to protecting, but we need to have a safe That's space. What we do. We need to have a safe space. And then you, right. you see the backlash that happens when women do come forward, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's almost like reliving it again. And yeah. you know, I even shared with you my story, just, you know, coming forward with, with my truth mm -hmm. and the treatment that I received from it, the backlash mm -hmm. was like, I might as well just, and it, it really caused me to just like, you know what, I'm not going to say anything else about it. I'm just going to stay quiet mm -hmm. because, you know, because I, if I, the many and and and, I, and I've said this before. I, you know, as many times I've called the police and I've had the police try to talk me out of mm -hmm. you know, moving forward and pressing charges or you know trying to calm him down and allowing him to stay in the same space that I'm in. You mm -hmm. know, as opposed to doing what I believe would would have been their job. I mean, so when you see how society and you see how the how lo the law treats you and you see how people treat you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to come forward with that story. And then, you know, there's this this dream of, you know, at the I know for me and I know Khalees was saying that, you know, you're like relationship goals. You know, people are yeah. looking at you mm -hmm. as, you know, this pillar of black love, quote unquote. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's you don't want to shatter the dream. It's it's all of that. It's the it's the shame that goes mm -hmm. into it, you know. Uh, and I and I that's why I felt Khalees, it's like I'm ashamed. You know, as strong yeah. as I am, and mm -hmm. she kept saying, you know, I'm not weak. And there's mm -hmm. the perception mm -hmm. that, you know, if 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 you're what, like, what'd you say for? What 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 do you stand for? I'm I'm not weak. So why do you stay? It's the shame. Mm -hmm. It's the alien, you know, the alienation that you feel from family, mm -hmm. friends, society. Yeah. It's the distrust in law enforcement, you know, and how they handle these situations. It's all of those things. So, 
you know, it took her nine years. And she said, you know, today I just woke up and I said, no, not anymore. I'm not going to be silent anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to her credit, I, I think that it took so much but you see where she's at now you know she's in a great place and she's speaking from a great place and you know there are many women who don't get to to feel that you know they Mm -hmm. they don't get to be in that place so they so they suffer in silence till something extremely violent which could cause them their lives and that you know that happens and people you know they look and they never know you know what was going on you never know what's going on in someone's home Mm -hmm. until they allow you a sneak peek in Mm-hmm. And I said this when I was, you know, practicing divorce law. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how people run their households and what and what goes on. And they could be the shining example of the perfect citizens, you know. And he could be mm-hmm. beating his his girl Monday through Sunday, twenty, you know, twenty three six hours a day. That that happens. So, you know, what what do we do? We shouldn't say we we can't stay silent. And you know, and I promised myself and just in hearing Khalees and her story, we shouldn't stay stay silent. You know, this yeah. should be a, a, a conversation, it should be ongoing. These women should not be afraid to come forward and tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And sometimes it, it takes you a minute to get out of that situation to realize like, yo, this was mm-hmm. fucking abusive. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in my relationship I wasn't married we were together for 11 years and the thing is I think about this I always say um I've never wanted to get married um but then I'm thinking back on this relationship like and he asked me several times uh, to get married and I was like no and I think in my mind I was like I'm not marrying this crazy fool mm-hmm. but um just this year so we were together for 11 years we've been separated apart broken up whatever for four years just this year, I just made the connection that I was in an, an abusive relationship. Yes. And, you know, he never, you know, really put his hands on me. He pushed me a couple of times uh, and I'm not, I'm not making light of that, but it was never like any real forceful hitting. However, he was very menacing. He was very intimidating. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. he would put his fist up like he was going to hit me. Um, he was very manipulative, mm-hmm. uh, he was verbally abusive. He was emotionally abusive. You know, and abuse comes in so many different forms. Yes. It, you know, it just, it's not always, you know, getting black and blue. And even just what Sean said, when you said about the police, you know, I, I called the police on this fool before and the police mm-hmm. came and cause mind you, we were having an argument and this nigga had a fucking uh, knife in his pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you gonna do with this knife? Why do you have a knife in your pocket? So I called the police, of course. And so the police came and he ran off somewhere. The police come. And they said, do you really want to do this? Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, he's a black man, this is Florida. If if, if he, uh, if I arrest him, this is going to be on his record. It's going to follow him. And even if you drop the charges, they're still going to press charges. Do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. I, so I didn't because yep. I didn't, which leads me to a question that I have for you, Sean. Mm-hmm. So there's so many um, examples of women who stay in these relationships because they made this commitment to these men. Um, and they want to see it through. They either want to fix these men or, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just kind of want to make this relationship work. And so I, I like to joke and say commitment, you know, on the street is called ride or die chick. That's the street mm-hmm. term for commitment, you know, but, but I've never heard of a man being a ride or die man. No. And, and, you know, I, I, I've never heard of either. I think it, it skews the role of what, of a man and a woman, like, you know, honestly, I don't want to be a ride or die because in actuality, Why? that man 
mm-hmm. should never put me in a position. If you wow. love me, don't mm-hmm. put me in a position where I gotta ride and die for you. It should never be that. Yeah, it should why gotta be that way? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, I mean, that's like right, right. Wait, and exactly. You hear it all the time, you know, especially in our community, like the ride or die. Like, no, mm-hmm. I, I, no man can never say that he he truly loves and cares about me and puts me in situations where I gotta ride or die for you, mm-hmm. like ride or lose my, or lose my life. That's serious. <laughs> lose my life, like I mean, like physically die, like no more breath, die, like poof, poof, and I'm gone. Right. And what you? is the, and what is the reason I died? <laughs> Can I, have, can I have a bullet point? Can I have a bullet point list of just can I have a checkbox or something? Let me figure this out. I need to. It, it's just it. No. So I, I, you know, and I, it's, it's really like that's the relationship I don't want. I don't yeah. want to. If I got to ride or die, you like what kind of shit are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta make life and death decisions. Yeah, I don't want no parts of that. <laughs> I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> No, truly, like no, and especially when you know you know a ride or die nigga. Who who is he? Who is you? I never heard of that. (laughs) Right, because I promise you that that them niggas be gone. Bye, peace, ghost be gone. (laughs) Audi. Now that yeah, that that never that never sat well with me. Mm -hmm. Because it it no, I'm not. I mean, I'm loyal and I'm faithful, but I ain't dying. Like right. I have to think twice for my own child, and I love my child to life mm-hmm. dearly. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> oh, that's a toughie. That's right. A toughie. That, look, there's so many. Uh, there's so many steps that we can take before it gets to dying. Can we explore know, those right? steps first? <laughs> no, please. But no. yes, I'm I'm really curious to see. So, okay, so I, a friend of mine who knows I'm like a, a a huge Nas fan and he hates Nas for whatever reason. I have I still haven't figured this out yet. It sounds very personal, but he won't tell me. Hmm. But so he says, "Are you still going to support Nas?" Here is so my, my response was, "Yes, let me let me hear this cuz I'm I'm go ahead. I'm, I I want to hear this." So my response was it really depends on how he handles the situation. Mm, okay. It, it really depends, you know, because I, I don't know what his actions are right now. You know, it, it, it happened a long time ago. He may have changed from that person. Um, even though it sounds like he still has some of the, the fuckboy characteristics, but you mm-hmm. know, um, it really it really depends on how he handles the situation. And I gave the example of R. Kelly. I hate yeah. R. Kelly. I can't listen to his music. I just, I hate looking at him. However, when all of this stuff started, you know, 20 something years ago or whatever, um, if he would have come and said, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z, I apologize. He made amends with his, his victims and restitution, whatever that may have been. And he had gotten help. I think I would have been more accepting of R. Kelly at this point. But because yeah. he's like totally just unabashedly uh, denied all the allegations, mm-hmm. right? Unabashedly, and he still has this reign of terror that he is committing right, right to this very minute. He's, you know, he still has this, this whatever he's doing with these women. He's still doing this, you know. So it makes me so sick. So you know, if Nas, if he comes, I don't. He doesn't owe me anything, but you know, just it all. It really. <laughs> but you how do, he handles uh, the situation. But you know, no, I, 
I've been saving myself for you for 20 years. It, it matters to me. But no, it um <laughs> but no, it really depends on how he handles this. It 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 really, really does. But you know, at this point, I'm really disgusted with him. I'm like, I I, I even went through and and took him off of my playlist. Oh, I really because I, I just I'm so disgusted by this. And I think the 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 main thing that really hurts me is um that he's not being a father to his son. Yeah, that's kind of sick. Then, like, you only got one because his daughter is like 25 years old. She's you yes. know, she's a grown woman, so you only have this one child. Which, again, mm -hmm. I said that read you know, when Khalees talked about that, resonated with me times a thousand because mm -hmm. you're like, you only have this one child, you know, this right. one child. It's it's not, you know, it's it's you're the your father. So mm -hmm. and for him to badmouth her and the media, and then you know, you know how I feel about separating child support from custody and and parenting time of it. It's it's there's a difference. So, you know my views on child support and custody parenting time and how they are separate, and that one does not equate to the other. And um, in Kalisa's interview, she was talking about how you know he's he's an somewhat of an absentee father. He's and been improving over the last two years, mm -hmm. but he's he's not for whatever reason. She's like, what you know? What mother doesn't want a day off or some time off? It's just, it's unbelievable to to say I I'm keeping you from your child, you know. Mm -hmm. And that, and and it's the same thing. If you wanted, you can you can have you can have them. It's it's not mm -hmm. it's, you know it's not rocket science. But you know you have these men, and I think it's a control thing. You know it's they don't want to be controlled by the woman, you know, any, mm -hmm. any sort of mandate that she makes, especially when it comes to the child, it's, you know, it's, they don't, they don't want to hear it. I, it, I, and I, I go through that and I, and I understand what she's saying on that, on that note that he's, he's a deadbeat dad. That's what oh, it sounds God. like. That, that, I, I, that just really just made me so sick because, you know, if, you know, you listen to Nas's music, girl, he is all, all about the black liberation and the kids. He's supposed to be woke. I thought he was Mr. Woke. He's supposed Girl. to be Look, um, Elmatic was a masterpiece. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can go to school. You know, it's the, the, the session, school session is in when you listen to Elmatic and mm -hmm. some of his other, uh, his other you know, his, his music. He, he's the most, when I think of socially conscious, I think of Nas. Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought of Nas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you separate the man from his music, do you separate the artist from his art? Um, I'm still grappling with that because mm -hmm. this man has been a pillar in my, you know, my my <laughs> musical <laughs> life since I had a musical life. So, you know, and now we're we're deconstructing this this artist that we and and I think I think honestly we have a duty to do that. You mm -hmm. know, we hold these people up on pillars so much so it would be easier for us to call Khalees a liar and an opportunist and all these other names as opposed to really looking at the man and mm -hmm. his actions and, and judging him mm -hmm. for what he's showing us. You know, people will tell you who they are. They'll show you who they are, who they yeah. really are. Give them time. And, and he's shown us, you know, he's a man, like with any man, with any human being, we are complex. We are complex human beings. And, for him to make the type of music that he makes, but at the same time, and you know, I wanted to point out because now that I remember, you remember his his first daughter's mother, Carmen, 
wrote a book and I, I read it back in the day. It was a mm -hmm. book that came out around the same time Corinne Steffens wrote her superhead book. But Carmen Br Bryan wrote a book where she talked about <laughs> the whole um, Nas and Jay-Z. Um, you okay? Yes, yeah, um, sorry. She talked about um, sleeping with Jay-Z and, you know, Nas, but she also talked about how Nas would beat her with a closed fist mm -hmm. and how jealous he was um mm -hmm. she had to pepper spray him and that was like back in like 2006 2007 where she said it you know among some other things because she wrote a tell-all and she said a whole bunch about people but now that that now that with Khalees saying finally breaking her silence and i'm looking back at well you know carmen already told us that he can be violent and he you know the jealousy and the violence um mm -hmm. it's you know, what do you, what do you do at this point? Do you just, do I throw out all my, um, my Illmatic and my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough question because I think we had this discussion a few weeks ago when, um, when Fabulous went upside Emily yep. Biddy and yep. I was like, I'm not listening to none of his, none of his music no more. However, he got some bangers <laughs> that I like to listen to. This is, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's really hard, and, and I w one day we'll talk about the whole Tupac thing because I, I told you I didn't know that a girlfriend of mine was the one that started the whole, um, you know, his the, the rape case and how that happened, and you know, just the juxtaposition of you have this artist who writes songs about dear mama, and at the same time, you know, he's bitching and hoeing it up and and mm -hmm. you know, disrespected women. It's just I don't know if this is, you know, when we look at our men, particularly our black men, is this something that we should accept about them that they are myriad and they have different sides or is this something that we should hold them absolutely accountable for i'm leaning on the accountability side but it, it's still an open question yeah and it's it's really tough because um i i you, i think we definitely need to hold them accountable but also realize that we're human too these people are human you know, right. they have the same emotions and the same feelings and, you know, that us normal non-famous people and have mistakes. Yeah, and they make mistakes. And so it's it's kind of hard. You know, we don't necessarily want to put them up on a pillar where they have they have to be the representation of the perfect human being right. possible. And that's that's stressful, you know, so it, it's, it's really a balance. However, you know, so I think everybody should take a lesson from. um What's the dude, the NFL dude, he plays, I think he plays for the Eagles now, but he had all them, Michael Vick. Mm -hmm. Everybody should take a lesson from Michael Vick. I watched a um, special, a Michael, Mike Vick special. And when I say this man now, take away the fact that the dog fighting and, you know, my own feelings about it, one the worst thing in the world, but you know, they made him pay, mm -hmm. but he was, he did what he had to do to apologize because mm -hmm. there were people who really felt a certain way about it and you know he went on this and maybe that's not the best parallel but i just i'm looking at you know you can be forgiven mm -hmm. if you just lay yourself bare for <laughs> for for every for everyone really for everyone mm -hmm. and and give a side to the story you know i think we can be forgiving i i think if you're honest because yeah. you know she you know she's like he's a fraud and you're a fraud because you're portraying one thing Mm -hmm. to, to everyone, but behind the closed doors, you're somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And okay. So, and this is a great segue into, 
another one of our um our icons that have just completely totally destroyed their reputation is bill cosby uh who oh, was boy. found guilty of drugging and sexually assaulting andrea costan don't you think she looks like um she looks like howard stern to me <laughs> oh. <laughs> or like jeff goldblum oh i'm down one of Neither one of them are pretty. Will be pretty women. Pretty women look like. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm like, woo, okay. But um, so, I, <sighs> what can I say about this? I, I think, you know, there. Hmm, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm at a loss. Like, what the fuck is this happening right now? Like, what? What is going on? This man is 80 years old, like of all, and and what is to me disheartening is that it took so long. Not mm -hmm. that, you know, because there were women that were talking for years, you right. know, and actually, I think this, the woman who just won the sexual assault, whatever, she'd won a lawsuit, you know, some years ago, like 15 years ago against him. And there were like women that were coming forward, but really it wasn't until Hannibal Burris, the, the, the black comedian started making fun of Bill, calling him a racist, that this really became, you know, the snowball really started rolling. This became the public outcry that it has culminated into now. So, mm -hmm. you know, Bill Cosby is facing 30 years. That is the rest of his life in jail. But, you know, it's, it's really interesting that this Hannibal guy did this stand up and now they kind of um, put some some gasoline into this uh, to this case against him. But I'm, I don't understand why this particular comedian and why did this it take him because comedians say shit all the time. They make fun of people. Right. They talk about past. Like, I don't, I don't really, th that part to me is a little suspicious. Cause I'm like, he's not like a, he, yeah. The next thing you know, Hannibal Burris had a, like a sprint commercial or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> this is, this is interesting. But, um, with this Bill Cosby case, it's, it, I don't even know what I really want because I have two thought processes on this. Mm -hmm. um, and one is this happened back in the 60s and 70s, back in, in high racial times with the civil rights movement going on. How was this man allowed to do this? this well, this black man allowed to, yeah, to do this absolutely. to all these white women. That's that's my point as well. And when I look at it, um, you know, I think looking at this, you have to acknowledge that there was a network of what I would call passive enablers or people who were aiding in, you know, allowing this man to commit all these crimes. So we're talking about the assistants, the handlers, the co-workers, I mean, all these people, if this has gone on for 30, 40 plus years, mm -hmm. and it really is just coming to a head now, Mm -hmm. That means there was an elaborate, yo, this is like La Cosa Nostra, you know, it was our thing. It's just the mafia mm -hmm. that, that it had to be something so covert, covert and so set up and so, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, 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 it worked for so long. So mm -hmm. you're not just talking about one man dropping, you know, quaaludes or whatever, uh, drugging women. You're talking about the, whoever's supplying the drugs. You're talking about, like I said, assistance, everybody, everybody mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. in on this. And that to me mm -hmm. presents the bigger problem. I mean, you know, Bill Cosby is the one who is, you know, he's, he's in front of the media and he's the one that's going to take the fall. But mm -hmm. what about everybody else? You know, yeah. whether it was Lisa Bonet, who, you know, she did, said some cryptic stuff that, you know, obviously it's like, you know, he was something very dark about him. Like, you know, what was going mm -hmm. You could see what was going on. I think, you know, people just turn the other way, whether it was for money. It's the same thing I think was happening. It is happening with R. Kelly. 
You know, you can't tell me that people don't know the full story and, and no one is coming forward with that. I mean, it's finally coming out, but I mean, this was going on for years. People mm -hmm. are getting paid off. That That's just, that's my opinion. And that to me, that that's the greater problem. So, you know, mm -hmm. we can, you know, we can publicly shame Bill Cosby all we want, but how do we address, you know, the institutionalism of yeah. this type of, it's, it's like institutionalized rape. That's what it is. It really is. Opinion. And like you said, I, I, I believe there was a whole network of men who were doing this. I think he's been singled men out and women. because he's yeah, black. Just, and, it's, and it's not only there men, I think it was a whole network. Yep, a whole network. And even, um, I think there was a story about, um, what's the guy that had the Playboy Bunny house? Who, who, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. You know, they, Cosby used to hang out at the Playboy Bunny house. You know, they was doing all kind of illicit shit there. All kinds of stuff mm -hmm. there. You know, and even even up until this, um, up until he died, he had a show on TV where he's in this mansion and he has all these young girls who are old enough to be like mm -hmm. his granddaughters, great granddaughters. Great and he's granddaughters. Like, yeah, having sex with them and, and making them have sex with each other, making them watch them have sex with him. And like, this is disgusting. But, but this is on TV. This mm -hmm. is on, and we're watching. What do we see? And we're condoning this. Like, yep. this is okay. This is okay for us. Mm -hmm. You know? You know, we have a this, this we have we live in a society, and, and it's not just an American society. This is this is like worldwide. Um, but we have a society where women are just not valued. Yeah. I you know. I agree with you. There's there's a there's a small price on many of our heads, and that's mm -hmm. the, and that's the truth. Oh man, did we just take it to a? We did. Who <laughs> <laughs> wake it up? Is there is there anything else before we get into the weekend dick report? Because let's just move. Let's just move forward. Because I'm 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 this is too heavy. I take this fucking blanket off. This is hot and heavy. I'm okay. All right. All right. So. Uh, we have a question. So what we did is we asked our listeners um, to send us in questions or comments for our weekend dick report or the dick minute um, that we'll answer on the show. So uh, we got a very interesting question. I guess it's a question. Go ahead, question, comment. So let me let me read it to you. It's okay. Um, I guess this this is obviously a female. So she says. I'm in my late 20s and I have been sexually active since I was 15. I love sex. I even love giving head. What I do not like is getting head. I've had two experiences and hated them both. I'm soliciting advice from you two ladies to see if I can get over this. <laughs> Honey, ciao. Okay. I, I think we may have two different positions on that. So I'm gonna let you go first. You think so? Okay, so mm -hmm. really? okay, so she, so she, what she's saying is she loves sex. She gives head. She does not like getting it. Mm -hmm. How? How we? Okay, so <laughs> <You're> like what? <laughs> I love getting head from the right head giver. I've and my experiences are myriad. I love that. That's my that's my my word right now. My SAT <laughs> word, myriad, myriad. My experiences are many, um, and it really depends. I mean, I've I've had some experiences where it is just like just stop. I feel like I, you know, sat on a lawnmower, and it's just like. Ah! 
Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is the most painful shit ever. Chomp, and it's chomp, just chomp. nice to stop, please. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Look, look, are you actually using your teeth? You're not really eating. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, I feel your molars. <laughs> so, you know, that is just ter- it's terrible. And then, you know, and then on the other spectrum, it's just like some, it's like you, you I, I, I can't even, I feel like I'm, just give me my te- my casket because I'm, I'm dying right now. <laughs> like I'm dead. It's just, it's just I, I, I can go, I can go to heaven right now and I'm good. That is, you know, it's just, it, it's those experiences. So it, it spans the spectrum and it really, mm-hmm. I think, it takes what I think for, okay, so giving my advice for this young lady is, number one, you really need to be comfortable with your partner. You know, if he's not, either he's going to be really skilled at the art of cunnilingus, or it's going to take some heart-to-heart and some coaching to get him to understand. You know, I mean, tell him to spell his name and your name with his tongue. I mean, that little things, you know, keep it light mm-hmm. until the right amount of pressure is, is reached and, mm-hmm. you know, communicating, you know, when you're laughing, when, I don't know why, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but communicating, you know, when, when to stop and when to start and what mm-hmm. section it, it needs to go, and where the tongue needs to go, just the communication, you know, and that to me, that's the fun of it for someone who, if if that guy is willing to listen, the guy or the girl, if you're so inclined, but I, I'm I'm talking to the guys. If when in doubt, you know, do the alphabet, sign the alphabet with your tongue. It'll work. I trust me, it will. So that that's my um my take on it. You know, I would tell her not to just totally give up because there's something to be said about some great head. It's <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. It is truly. You know. You. You want your um your third eye to open up, and you want to see colors, and you know, walk on water, and float up out into the, out into the atmosphere, and have an out of body experience. Get you some good head. That. I mean, it's like a goal. You want to like look. Um, it's like finding the infinity stones. Like you be an Avenger, and you want to get all your infinity stones. That shit. Like, look, I'm about to take over the universe with some good head. So. I would just encourage her to find a partner that you can communicate with so that he can understand what your needs are. That, that would be my response. And I, I do agree with you. Um, however, I can do without, uh, head. I can, I can do without, I can really, and let me tell you, I have Touch my pearls girl, what? because what I just I don't know what it is. I mean, I've what sometimes you know it's done to get you ready for penetration, you know. But for the most part, I don't. I I'm gonna full transparency. Mm-hmm. I am forty something years old. This year was the first time I've ever had an orgasm from oral sex. What? Pick me up off the floor. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I am falling and I can't like, get up. What? What? When it when it was happening, I was like, "Oh, it's happening! It's happening right now!" But I I've never I've never had an orgasm from oral sex. Never. Girl, I have nothing to say to you. I don't know what to say. What? Yeah, it's yeah. So I'm I'm I was always like, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah, take it or leave it. All right. What? All right. Come on up. Put it in. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking like in high school, that's what 
all the guys, you know, that's that's what high school. Oh. Yeah, but because it was like if quote unquote was not really having sex, like you're just uh-huh. getting head. So it's not, you know, it's not penetration. Like, okay. I mm-hmm. mean, okay, I you know, girl, I didn't wow. I mean Yeah. It just wasn't it just really wasn't my that's thing. A deal breaker for me. Like if if your head game and it doesn't have to happen all the time, but like if your head game is not on point, we're mm-hmm. not on point. I just I don't like what especially if you want you want your dick suck you better you bets to be given head that <laughs> you bets to have head game well, well this is this whole, this is the second question do you like giving head <laughs> we're, we're 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 grown here yeah. i enjoy it mm-hmm. I, I do i do enjoy it Mm-hmm. When it's a it's a beautiful specimen mm-hmm. of, of of meat, and you know hygiene is so on point. Like I remember, um, I was dating this guy, and he, I mean, he was he was he was very good about his diet, but he knew whatever it was that he was doing, it was mm-hmm. very sweet, so mm-hmm. it was like enjoyable because it was like you know it was like sweetness, like mm-hmm. whatever pineapples and strawberries, and he you know clean living, good water. Whatever it was, because I'm telling you, if if they smoking cigarettes and smoking all the weed and and you know not getting a good night's sleep and not drinking water, that shit is trash. And I don't want to do mm-hmm. it. Oh, don't put me down there. I'm good. I don't want to do it. So mm-hmm. it it really depends on on that. Not to say like I'm swallowing, but you know you don't you don't want it in your mouth. Ma- if they're not taking care of themselves or. Mm-hmm. Cause I could tell, like if you know, if you're eating your vet, your your diet is good. You're drinking your water. You take care of yourself. <laughs> it, it shows. No, it uh-huh. really like you could tell the difference. So and I and I enjoy it. And I can, you know, I can um I can set my own records. I can. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I I truly can. So mm-hmm. I, I guess the bottom line is yeah. I think and especially if it's a give and take. Like oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Cause. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do this, and you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the expectation that you're gonna do that. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. You so, know, yeah. I don't. I don't mind giving. It's not my favorite thing to do. But if I'm in the mood, you know, I'll do it. You know, I, I'll surprise you with a little, uh, with a little dick suck. You know, sound enticing. Like what? That doesn't sound enticing. Maybe. So I, I watched the. Uh, there's this lady called her name is uh, Presha. She's uh-huh. she's like she's like a, an actual medical doctor, but she's also calls herself the head doctor. And she gives tutorials on um, giving head. Uh huh. And I, I watched her on TV giving head. Shit is ma- masterful what she does. <laughs> wow, yeah, send me the link. Yeah. Was it a real dick or she was? No, no, no. It was a cucumber. Oh. It was a cucumber. But she um, yeah. So you know. Oh, send me the know. link. I'll send you the link. I'll I'm, all, I'm you, always but... open to learn. But yeah, me too. That's why I was watching. I was like, I, I can, you know. Yeah, okay, I, I see. Wow. Okay. See. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I, um, I'm stuttering now. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, I do it. No, all right. No, you're okay. like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, jeez. <laughs> Girls, I'm so, I'm so, it depends. Like sometimes I'm so excited. Like, oh, of course, of course, I would. <laughs> absolutely, of course I would do it. 
Oh, okay, Kai was terrible. I, I hope I did answer her que- question and at least mm-hmm. give her some good advice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah just give, right. it, give it another try. I'm not opposed to it, but I ain't, you know, whatever. Make it fun, though. You don't yeah. need to make it like fun. Make it fun. I, I think that's, it's probably not fun to her. Make it yeah. fun. It's, it's fun. Like, Man, go to a go to the park or something, or go in the movies and and pull that. You know, let them. I'm a bit of a bit of a voyeur sometimes, oh, so me too. It, you know, yeah, cool. that adds that adds a little spice mm-hmm. to it. Okay, moving on. Yeah. We'll add to okay. that another day. All right, so we come <laughs> to the part of the show, um, the reminisce moment. So I have my reminisce. This is. Do you remember? Yep. Brand no, Nubian, slow down. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let me paint the picture because that's what I love to do. This is 1990, 1991. This was the one for all album, which was like a cassette tape that I got. So, and it sampled Funkadelic. It was cool in the gang on it. So the beat was like so fire to me. And if you remember Brand Nubian, they were like socially conscious and they had on the aunts and, you know, talked about Africa and they talked about, you know, the nation of gods and earth, the five percenters, because Black Man is God. Um, and, you know, they wore the gold teeth and Grand Poopa had the Dwayne Wayne specs on. And I remember seeing the video for Slow Down. I remember the, it was a girl in the video and she had an afro and she was like, slow down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that X started. He's like, hey, baby, you hit me you get get it. And and I didn't know that, you know, for a while, I was like, what was he talking about? But he's really talking about a pretty chick that turned into a crackhead. Mm-hmm. And then, then Lord Jamar came on and he was talking about the gold diggers. That was like, you know, before gold diggers was like real, real big. He was talking about the girl that was, he, you know, scheming for cash. Mm-hmm. And then Grand Poobah was talking about, you know, the girl that slept around. Um, did I say they all had gold teeth? I really like gold teeth. So I just, <laughs> I, you know, they were, to me, like that was, that was a, a point in music where, you know, you learned about what a Nubian was, at least for me. Cause I was like, what's a brand Nubian? Like, oh, the Nubian, mm-hmm. they, you know, from Sudan and, you know, and parts of Egypt and they talked about our culture and they were, they were proud about the culture and, and they broke it down. And so, I mean, that was, that was the teaching era of, um, of hip hop and rap and you know we we very much strayed away from that but that was that time so i really really that was my 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 brand newbian time i i love i love brand newbian you know yeah. and let me tell you, i have a funny story about brand newbian specifically it was grand pooba so when i was in college um grand pooba his name was max but he was dating my my college roommate and he okay so yeah he was dating my college roommate and my college roommate would get calls from like stalker calls from maya campbell you know now she's are you serious yeah because he used to date her i don't this is like a little tidbit i remember so back in the day i guess he dated her for a minute and Mm -hmm. This was before it came out that she was bipolar. She had, was, but evidently she really was going through something. So she put herself in the hospital. She took all these mm-hmm. pills and you know OD mm-hmm. because she said that you know he was leaving her and all this stuff. So yeah, my cool. roommate, it was crazy. Like he would come over and um, he was like being stalked by her. Like mm-hmm. she was like so in love with him. And you know this was the time I, it, he he had a cell he had a cell phone, but like. He would call the house. She would call the house, and she would call. She would, 
she got the beeper number for my for my homegirl and was just stalking her. So I just remember that that little story about um, Grand Poobah slash Maxwell and how Maya Campbell was so in love with him. So that's yeah. my that's my brand new name story. They actually have a um I think Unsung did an episode on them. They had a um a viewing party maybe like two weeks ago in Brooklyn. Really? They're unsung. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, Grand Poobah. Um, Brand newbie used to be my shit, and that was a time where that that part of hip hop, man, I, that that time in hip hop just opened my eyes to so much. That was around the time I think everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people have that moment where they like their world opens up, and yeah. that was around the time I I had um, read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Girl, that book opened my entire mm. world. I was seeing, you know, my third eye was just like opening at that point so it was brand nubians um i love them i think i saw them perform um a couple times in baltimore and alamo he lives in harlem and sometimes he would uh he djs at some you know some little clubs around harlem um he was doing that a couple years ago i don't know if he's still doing it but yeah um i love brand nubians oh yeah oh yeah so that that was that was a good time in music i appreciated it yeah, me too. Oh, so, um, I think we can end on this note. What do you think? Is there anything yeah. else? No, I think okay. I'm spent. I'm so. <laughs> well, we did. We did bring it up at the end. I was glad that we did, cause boy, we was we was, man, we was dumpster diving with all that all that sadness. <laughs> no, all that, all, oh, that all that controversy. God damn it, now mm, man, man, fantasy is fucking ruined, man. Mm-hmm. Ruined. Got you a fuck boy on your hands. The fuck boy. And the whole time I'm thinking, I always want to be with Nas. And mm-hmm. I was already with Nas and didn't even fucking know it. Oh, he had the same characteristics as my ex and the same dumb shit my ex was doing. Didn't Crazy. even know it. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know it. But. Well, I think we can wrap on this note. I'm so glad we had this time together. So um, you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast in the Apple Podcast app. Google Play, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher. Um, share us and give us recommendations. You can leave us reviews. You can also visit us at that's what I'm saying podcast.com to learn more, send us comments and questions. And you can shout us out on Twitter. It's that's what I say three. We still gonna get it together, y'all. Um <laughs> <laughs> and um what else? Well, we always have a shout um, out. You know we on yeah, you know we on Instagram. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yes. Podcast, and I'm I'm thanking you guys for coming in and supporting us. Our Instagram is growing. Y'all commenting, you're liking our our, our pictures. Um, you know you're interacting with us. So I definitely really appreciate that. Keep it coming. Um, always want to give a shout out to our producer, um, Vegas World Inc. That's his Twitter. He holds us down. Um, so yeah, that's it. Yep. And also I want to just say that in the upcoming weeks, what we'd like to do is. Uh, we'd like to feature a black business. So if you have a black business and you want to be featured, please hit us up because we are we are all about supporting us. Yep. 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 We, so, we, got. we did good. All right. Catch y'all next week. I'll holla. <laughs>